This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Do you need to be a student here? No, you can just... No, you... Something just stung me. Hello, and welcome to The Stinger. The Stinger is part of your At The Hive podcast feed, and At The Hive is part of the SB Nation of Podcasts. The Stinger is a quick, to-the-point Charlotte Hornets podcast where we talk about a bunch of related Hornets subjects. Today, we're going to focus our concentration, our ire on Gordon Hayward and the uh, All-Star Reserves announcement. I am Zachary Brown. I'm a writer for At The Hive. And again, I am joined by Jack Simone. Jack also writes At The Hive, but also co-hosts his own Celtics podcast. It's called From The Rafters. How are you doing today, Jack? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me again. I'm excited. Jack, do you know why I'm on this podcast today? Yes, I do. I do. Gordon Hayward, man. Gordon Hayward. I am on this podcast today to decry the blatant disrespect of one mm-hmm. Gordon Hayward. As I'm sure you know, the All-Star Reserves were announced February 23rd at night as if they were trying to sneak it in at the last minute. And the Eastern Conference All-Stars did not include Gordon Hayward. You got your two Celtics, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Zach Levine is in there, Julius Randle, Ben Simmons, Orlando Magic Center, Nikola Vucevic. But no Gordon Hayward. Now look, am I surprised that the national media overlooked the Charlotte Hornets again and that Gordon Hayward was not voted to be an all-star reserve? No, I'm not. Am I going to get on here and diminish the play of players who got on the all-star roster? No, I'm not going to do that either. Am I a little surprised that there are a lot of good stats, bad teams, players that got an invite over a primary starter on a playoff quality team? I'm, I'm sorry. I got to sneeze. Excuse me. <clears throat> bless you. Bless you. Bless you. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. What I'm here to decry is just not the regular internet haters. Haters going to hate. Hater men marry hater women and have hater kids. It's a circle of life. (laughs) What I get upset about a little bit is just the disregard for the Charlotte Hornets that permeates national media. I know you have some takes on who should have been in the reserves and who should not. Do you see anybody who sticks out, Jack, that should be that Gordon Hayward maybe should have made this team over? Yeah, when when you look at the reserves, it, it's kind of crazy. You throw the Hornets out there, them, the Raptors, and the Pacers, all like playoff teams right now, playing like it, like notably, and none of them had all stars. 
And you mentioned, obviously, Tatum and Brown both getting in. I always want the Celtics to get in, but the fact that they're an under 500 team with two all-stars, d- despite both of those guys playing at an all-star level, is a bit you know, questionable. But the, the guys I look at are Levine, Vucevic, and Simmons a little bit. Um, people can throw out Randall there, too, but the Knicks are really solid, and he's playing a wild level this season. So uh, I had Randall in mind, but Levine, Vucevic, and... Uh, Simmons, notably Vucevic, in my opinion, because the Magic are just significantly worse than the Bulls and the Sixers, obviously. Um, sure. So Vucevic is probably the one that stands out the most, but I could see the argument for Levine and or Simmons not deserving getting in either. So let's touch real quick on Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. Julius Randle is having a career year, and I'm happy for him. I'm happy that you know he had some struggles at the beginning of his career, and I'm happy that he's made an all-star team but the pressure is kind of off in New York, right? They're not winning this year. They're not planning on winning this year. They're planning for the future. When you're putting up stats, you know, on a team that isn't winning, and even when they play teams, the teams that they're playing are kind of like, okay, this isn't a game we need to concentrate on. This shouldn't be a main focus for us. There were some like great Steven Jackson games back when the Hornets were the Bobcats. And the reason that they were, that I can say the phrase great Steven Jackson games is simply because they didn't show up in Charlotte. You know, LeBron wouldn't start. The, the main stars of teams would just not participate in the games against the Bobcats. So those numbers get inflated. How do you feel about Julius Randle moving forward? Do you think that, hey, he's figured it out as a forward? He can operate in this league? Or do you think that, like, this is a one-off and he's going to go back to the median? I think it has a lot to do with Tom Thibodeau. I think that was a great coaching hire for the Knicks because they obviously are trying to get back to winning basketball games. Knicks right now are only half a game behind the Celtics, uh, one game behind the Raptors, and they're actually tied with the Hornets and the Bulls in the standings right now. So the Knicks of being the 15 seed, 14 seed is no longer. I think they're going to be a play-in team this year. I think the signings they made this offseason are really like solid. Tom Thibodeau completely changed the way they run the offense and the defense, and Julius Randle is at the forefront of that. So th- that was the big reason I think he deserved to be an all-star, averaging around 24, 11, and 5 this season. Those are Bam Adebayo numbers without the defense, and they're winning more games than the Heat right now. So if Adebayo was an all-star wow. last year, Randle deserved deserve to be it this year. It's crazy that we've seen all these centers bubble up during this season mm-hmm. that we didn't expect, you know, Christian Wood with the Rockets, Julius Randle with New York. It's, it's, it's interesting to see the center play kind of come up, but that's a different story. Also a different story that we're going to talk about in the future is how you actually play for the evil empire and you're rooting for the Celtics all the time. But besides that, <laughs> Gordon Hayward, 22 points a game, six rebounds, four assists. Do you believe in the 90-50-40 club where if you're at 90% free throw percentage, 50% from the field, and 40% from three-point, that that puts you in kind of an elite level? Yeah, that's an elite category. 50-40-90 is a real thing. Yeah, okay. So Gordon Hayward, 49% from field goal percentage, 43% from the three-point line, and... Not 87% from free throw. He's a 50, 40, 90 guy. He's he's what you're looking for in an elite player. And we're going to talk about choosing your all-stars based on box scores. 
But I want to compare him to one player who made it in with really out any without any controversy, and that's one Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is having a great season. Again, another career year for a player on the All-Star Reserves. 16 points a game, 8 rebounds a game, 8 assists a game. He's 57% from the field. He's 70% from the free throw line. If you had to guess a number, Jack, from the three-point line that Ben Simmons is, what would you guess that number being? Oh, gosh, this year probably like 5%. It's got to be awful. See, that that's it's the expectations that get set. He's at 17%. 17% oh. <laughs> on like 0.2% three-pointers per game. So yeah. he's not shooting any three-pointers. And look, Ben Simmons is having a great, great year on a team that is winning the East. And there are arguments to be made that if a team is leading a conference that they deserve to have more than one player. Obviously, Joel Embiid is the leader of the 76ers. Ben Simmons is, I guess, locking it down down from defense i mean if you look at the the defensive wind shares he doesn't really blow people out of the water you know a a lot of times i don't know how people judge defense and what statistics really work the way i judge defense is by watching games and i don't know if there's a replacement for that but i think you could replace gordon hayward with ben simmons and you would have the better player, the leader of his team in Gordon Hayward playing for the all-star team. Tell me I'm crazy, Jack. I don't think you're crazy because I also think there's a lot of recency bias with this pick as well as the Vucevic pick. Ben Simmons over the last five games is averaging up around 25, 30 points a night. It's 15, 28, 42, 18, 23. So he's, he's getting his scoring up. And Gordon Hayward's been dealing with, obviously, the hand injury. Terry Rozier's been taking the spotlight away from him a little bit. So I think that recency bias might have influenced the coaches' decisions to vote in All-Stars. But if you look at the overall impact, I think you mentioned it earlier, what Gordon Hayward does for the Hornets doesn't always show up on the box score because he's made the Hornets into such a good passing team that that is where they win basketball games. And he's such an underrated playmaker for assists doesn't do it justice because he's getting these, you know, pass to assists. He's moving the ball around, setting screens, running around. He's doing all the little things to help Charlotte win basketball games. And that's why we, we see all these people voting all-stars based on box scores. And so that's why it's confusing to me why the coaches didn't recognize what Gordon Hayward's been doing. For sure. And you know how coaches are. From what I understand, it's really not the head coach voting for these people. It's usually an assistant coach. And, you know, how many how many Charlotte Hornets games has the Utah assistant coach seen? That kind of thing. The thing that Gordon Hayward does where they force him to the block and he shoots that. It's, it's almost like an around-the-world shot, which is it's in between the three-point line and the paint. And you have to kind of go over the backboard to make that shot in. Know what I'm talking about? Do you know the reference? The Yeah, I do. He always takes that shot, and he makes those shots. I put him on the all-star team just because he makes that shot, because that is a hard shot in-game to hit. It's wild, because it's like his bread and butter, too. He always goes to it. Now, look. Gordon Hayward not making the all-star team there are other atrocities in the world that we should probably address before we address that one. But I did want to talk more generally just about the lack of coverage and when there is coverage, the lack of respect for the Charlotte Hornets around the NBA. And 
I'm talking about the media that claimed that Gordon Hayward's $120 million contract was not only the worst in free agency signing of this year, but maybe going back in history, if not the worst contract signing since Nicholas Batum. Stephen A. Smith was all over ESPN calling MJ the worst owner ever for making this signing. Obviously, it's compared with his history and everything like that. Ryan Rosillo, who I listen to all the time, called the signing one of the worst in free agency history. Zach Brown said they overpaid for him. Can you believe this guy? There's just a general, not only lack of respect for the Hornets, but the, a lack of respect for when they do good things. Granted, they, they have their reputation and they earned it. But at least for this season and for the past, I'd say since Kupchak became GM, there have been some really good, not only free agency signings, but draft picks. We're organizing this team and you're seeing it on the other end by the wins that we're getting, by the fact that we're in the playoff hunt. Do you think that it's because we're a small market and maybe the fan base isn't as large that the national media doesn't feel like they need to cover us? And when they do, it's kind of like, hey, it's an afterthought. Yeah, that that's definitely got to be a part of it. I mean, there have been some questionable decisions. I mean, let, let's be honest, my go kid girl, Chris, wasn't great. Uh, but <laughs> overall, <laughs> no. Overall, it's got to be, you know, the small market thing. We've seen LaMelo Ball get all the attention whenever it comes to the Charlotte Hornets, and that's because he has been in the spotlight for so long. And uh, you would hope that that attention that's going to Ball would kind of trickle down to the rest of the Hornets, but it just really hasn't. Even Terry Rozier, who's on such a hot streak right now, is just not getting any of the credit. It's just all LaMelo Ball highlights, which is great. And LaMelo Ball Mm -hmm. Ball deserves all of that because he's been playing amazing. But like you said, guys like Gordon Hayward, guys like Terry Rozier, people say these were terrible sightings, and now they're both average over 20 and contributing to winning basketball games so at some point the national media has to actually sit down and watch a hornets game in order to respect that for sure and let's talk about this horrible contract that they say he signed right 120 million dollars 30 million dollars a year if it was just that it's a big contract it's a big risk from a guy who's had injuries. He actually has a contusion on his hand right now that he's expected to play tonight. Um, so hopefully he's healthy. It was a, it was a risk, but I think it was a calculated risk. And then because the Celtics were worried about losing him for nothing, they agreed to a sign and trade in which the Celtics got a huge trade exception and the Hornets got two second round picks. So not only do you sign the guy that you want in free agency for $30 million a year, you also get draft capital back in the trade. I don't know what more you want from a GM. No. Yeah. And what'd you say? The contract was exactly three or it's $120 million for four years. Yeah. $30 million a year, you know, on on average, it it, uh, escalates up. Yeah, and people forget that Danny Ainge and the Pacers offered him like 25, 28 million. So it's not like the Hornets were overpaying based on what the rest of the market was like giving Gordon Hayward. They just paid a little extra to secure the deal and it worked. And he's playing at an all-star level. And I'm not going to comment on Danny Ainge's lack of use of that trade exception. The Celtics are playing like trash right now, but I'd pay 25 to $30 million to get Hornets back in Boston right now with the way they're playing. I mean, I don't know if Hornets fans right now are taking a look at Boston. Boston sucks. Boston sucks. 
Boston's ball movement ever since Gordon Hayward left has been down the drain. They're bottom five in passing. They're bottom five in assists. They're bottom five in potential assists. And look at the Hornets, top five in all of those categories. The Gordon Hayward effect. Obviously, Hornets have other playmakers too, but you can't tell me that that's not some impact of Gordon Hayward. Do you think when Danny Age looks at himself in the mirror, he's like, man, I got hosed by that Charlotte Hornets trade? Oh, God. I, he better. He better. <laughs> um. So, and... Just for comparison, when Hayward signed with the Celtics, he signed for four years, and he signed at $128 million. Bottom line is, I think that the disrespect for Gordon Hayward, Gordon Hayward's contract, the Charlotte Hornets, has really gone too far. I feel like once they make the playoffs a few years in a row, which I think is is incumbent, I think that's going to happen in the next couple of years with how their team is constructed, then the national media will have to take closer attention because – realistically speaking, the East is wide open right now. The Sixers are good. The Nets are great. You know, obviously Celtics and Raptors, they're struggling right now. Uh, the Bucks are doing their thing. But the Hornets are right there. The Hornets can compete with any basketball team right now. You saw that against the Jazz. They blew it late in the game, but still, they were there the whole game. And the Jazz are the best team in they the NBA. They were there the whole game, man. The whole game. I really thought, I really, except the fourth quarter. And I mean, look, it's a better team. They're mm-hmm. really doing well in the West. And we talked about that in the first stinger, but... I thought we could, I, if we had pulled that game off, I was going to make you record a podcast like that night. <laughs> oh, man. It was just brutal because as soon as like Joe Ingles, Jordan Clarkson, they just started nailing threes in the fourth and the Hornets were just like an inch too slow. They, they were right there the whole game. It was, it was tough to watch. No. Yeah. I think once the Hornets do get into the playoffs, they start showing they can compete with this teams. That's when the national media will start to pay attention. And, and I think realistically speaking, they get another young guy in one of these drafts to pair with LaMelo. They, I, I don't know what, they're looking to do in terms of trade but they get a big man to pair with cody zeller so he's not the only guy uh, out there they let the young guys develop this is going to be a, a regular playoff basketball team and Lamelo ball if he can develop it could be a, a team that you can see make a deep run and that's when the national media will start to take notice another thing that comes back to this is that the value of franchises are based on winning and how how much impact their players have on the game and how many all-stars we were just talking about how many all-stars the 76ers have how many all-stars the bulls have how many all-stars are all-stars the lakers have it matters in the national conversation hate that we got snubbed again i understand that that's the way it is and there are players who deserve to be on the roster who are on the roster and you got to trade them off take ben simmons off If you're a point guard shooting 17% from the three-point line, never even attempting to get better at that, take that dude off the roster and put on my boy, (laughs) Gordon Hayward. Yeah, I agree 100%. You can talk about defensive impact all you want, but Joel Embiid's the leader of that team, and Gordon Hayward's the leader of the Hornets, so he should have been in there. Jack, that's all I have. Any last, last comments? Hey, man, I hope Gordon Hayward does all he can for the Charlotte Hornets. I was sad when he left Boston. People were disrespecting him all season. I mean, the man missed the birth of his son to play in the playoffs, and I don't understand how people can't respect that. So uh, I hope he leads the Hornets deep into the playoffs. Do me take the day off of work and go see your son being born. Is all that's what how I'll end <laughs> that. I'm I love the commitment. But Hivers, hi vets. Please visit at thehive.com. Please subscribe to this podcast feed. This has been The Stinger. I'm Zach Brown. That's Jack Simone. Have a great night. Peace out.